Three, two, one, don't fuck up. <laughs> you shut your mouth. <laughs> Sad boy, MacGyver. Do I need to hide my mic? No, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm gonna hide. I'm gonna hide myself. No. Hello and welcome to the Nothing to Play podcast, a mediocre podcast about video games, <laughs> movies, and your mom. Oh. This is God, fucking man. All right, it's episode four, and I'm sure you've heard a lot about him through previous podcasts, and we have him as a guest on this week's podcast, Maddie Martin. Hi. Oh, hi. <laughs> uh, I'm Matt. Uh, I'm a booer of Justin's levels. <laughs> and that's how people know you. <laughs> and that's all they know. Well, that's fine. I mean, and there's the... not much more to know. Well, I also and... make... Uh... <laughs> And the fact that you were ashamed that I hadn't watched Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, yeah, well, I would hope that you've watched it, otherwise this is going to be a real short podcast. Well, drumroll, please. I watched it. All right. Well, and we'll talk about that in a bit, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we will. So how have you been? I've been good. I've just been busy living that part-time game dev life. I hear that. What have you been working on? So now, why don't you tell the good people what you've been working on? Why don't you ask questions like a great host? I am. I just asked. I'm, I'm asking what? <laughs> 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 um so I've been working on a three V one strategy card game called Boss Battle, as you know, but the people don't. And the people need to know. <laughs> um We've been working on it for about three years now, but we're kind of trying to wind down right now, and um, we got another artist to help my fiance Jess, with all of the art, because there's like 300 pieces of art that need to be done for the game, and yeah, we want the game done, so we're hopefully going to be getting all the art for the base game done by January, and then starting marketing so we can do a Kickstarter in August? No, sorry. May. <laughs> and I know if this at all piques your interest and you're listening, I know Matt's been looking for people to actually playtest the game. Because anyone who's ever played Dungeons and Dragons knows it's hard to get a group of people together consistently to do a thing. Yeah, the best luck that we've had is we have found fun-loving, awesome college students at UAT to play our game weekly, but they've been on break the last two weeks. So no playtests have been happening. Uh, but we will be getting a print-and-play ready uh, as soon as the editor that I've hired to work on the rules gets that done, and I'll be sending out print and play uh, share like shares to our Google Drive uh, for whoever wants to play test it. And for those who aren't in the board game, though, a print and play is essentially just a 
printable version of the game where you can play test it for whoever's um, making the game or just play test it and so that way you could let us know what you think about it. And I've played multiple versions throughout the years and it's I a lot. You, I think you've played every version of the game. Yeah, and it's changed drastically every time I played. It's like playing a new game every time I played it. Well, luckily we've been staying with version 4, which is what we've officially labeled it for like the last year now. And uh, I don't think we're going to end up changing it anytime soon. Um, we do have a lot more classes that we want to do. So currently what we have is we have um, a base, three heroes, and a boss. So a dragon, and then for the heroes we've got a mage, a priestess, and a warrior. And then we've got our next wave of heroes and bosses. And then, uh, for, because I absolutely love working myself to death, I came up with an, a third wave that we're probably not going to touch for any amount of time. But, yeah. Yeah, Matt just can't quit while he's ahead and keeps having to make more work for himself. Well, yeah, that's the reason why I have like a billion prototypes that I like to work on, even though I have a full-time job and I have this project that I'm working on. That's why the most dangerous monster in the game isn't the boss. It's feature creep. <laughs> the, the most dangerous boss in game development is, wouldn't this idea be cool? <laughs> if. <laughs> it's like Marvel's what if, but it's, wouldn't this idea be cool if... Oh man, have you seen any of, speaking of what if, we'll just go off on this tangent for a little bit. Have you uh, been paying attention to what any of the what if stuff's going to be? Um, I, saw I, an just... artic I saw an article on Facebook about something, but I didn't read it. Yeah, I read some of the, I read an article and they've announced like, I don't know, three or four of the what ifs that are going to be in it. Supposedly it's a... It's an it's an animated thing. I thought it was live action for the longest time, but it's animated, and they're using a bunch of the uh, the actual voice uh, people from the MCU, so the official actors. But like one of them is, and I think you you've all, we've already talked about this. It's uh, Sharon Carter instead of just being whoever she is. She's she gets the Captain America powers and she gets the Super Soldier Serum, and she wears like a Union Jack style outfit oh yeah i saw the picture it looks all it wasn't the i thought i saw kind of like a picture where she kind of had like except it was like british kind of looking yeah 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 and then they also have one where i want to say it has to do with bucky or possibly steve but it has to do with like world war ii but also zombies so like World War II Marvel Zombies-esque. And then they also have a what-if where instead of getting the Super Soldier Serum, Cap, instead, uh, Howard Stark develops a Iron Man suit for him, and that's what he does to be Captain America. And that might be the same kind of universe as the Sharon Carter getting the Super Soldier Serum, but it sounds super dope. Yeah, dude, Disney is obviously, like, going gun-ho right out the gate as, like, a fuck you to Netflix. Well, yeah, I mean, like, 
even just the newer stuff that got announced, like they had their stuff that was announced back in Comic-Con, but then they also have She-Hulk and Moon Knight and Miss Marvel. And those all sound like they're going to be awesome as well, especially if they do like a courtroom drama, like She-Hulk thing, which is what I was hoping Daredevil would partly be. But if they do that for like She-Hulk, that would be pretty awesome. And a new uh, Lizzie McGuire series. Yeah, everyone's excited for that, I guess. Maybe. Hilary Duff (laughs) is an official Disney princess. Well, I mean, I guess she's got to do something. Well, I mean, I don't know. I think she's, she stayed out of the spotlight from, like, doing, like, drugs and whatever, like, um, with, like, Amanda Bynes or whatever from all that did. From all that? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no, there's a lot of cool Marvel stuff coming up. Do we even know what the next Marvel movie is? Isn't it Black Widow? Um, I think so. It's either Black Widow or is it Immortals? You're going to want to look it up because I can't look it up on my computer because I've got a clicky keyboard. But, um, yeah, I want to say it's either Eternals or Black Widow. I'm not 100%. But. Well, I've also... Since you brought up Mario Maker earlier, I am working on a new level that well, doesn't—it doesn't involve ducking. Well, that's good. <laughs> but I'm still trying to like figure out what I want to do in the level. It's like kind of halfway done, and I've been kind of messing around with it. What mechanics are you playing around with for that? Uh, so far the main one that I have is—it's like a lot of where there's like those little what are they called, the donuts or whatever, where when you're on it too long, it drops? Yeah, the donuts. Yeah, it's like donuts, but behind the donuts are those, like, one-way things where it's like you can't, because normally you can jump up through the donuts, so I made it so that you can't jump up through the donuts now. Sure. It's kind of, like, constantly, like, moving while, like, jumping over stuff coming out of cannons, and then if you, like fall you go back down a level and have to like work your way back up that sounds neat you're like i can't wait to boo the shit out of that no i (laughs) i I mean (laughs) i'm not gonna like softball you justin like if 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 i think that like a level is bad like i love you and you're one of my best friends but i'm not gonna like throw you softball likes just because you're my friend (laughs) yeah all right so i I did look it up and it is it's black widow it's eternals i don't know why i said immortals uh shang chi and then doctor strange and then thor okay but it's like black panther 2 somewhere in there and guardians 3 somewhere in there uh, from what I understand, I think Black Panther is 2022. Uh, two? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like still a few years out. But I think each one of those are just like a year spaced apart. But I mean, with the amount of TV shows they've got going on, I mean, there's not any rush to like put out a ton of movies, I guess. Oh, yeah. Did you uh, I tried to show you in the car on the way home for mom. And did you watch the Star Wars 
Oh, the Mandalorian? Yeah, no, that 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 trailer looks awesome, and it's everything I wanted out of a bounty hunting Star Wars show. Man, the two minutes of this look better than the Last Jedi. So, well, yeah, I would have to inherently agree, and I'm sure Tanner's yelling at his screen right now. Yeah, or Troy's like, it wasn't that bad. Or PJ liked it. I don't know if Troy liked it, but I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of it. Like, I don't. There's parts of it that are really cool and all that, but there's a lot of stuff that's just really out there and questionable. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of the decisions creatively were kind of questionable on like a lot of the scenes. Like, there's I don't. I'm not gonna dive into a detailed thing about it, but. There's just there you are. That's this podcast now. <laughs> the last Jedi. Me talking about a film that came out almost two years ago at this point. Yeah. No, I'm not going to rehash everything that every fucking YouTuber has already said in the past. Not that I, like, hate The Last Jedi. It's just definitely not my favorite Star Wars film. I mean, that's not saying much for you. I mean, you're not a huge Star Wars person anyway, so... Well, I do like Star... I'm just not... I grew up as a Trekkie. Yeah. So, that uh, was... Star Wars was sacrilege in my house when I was a kid. Well, I, I still maintain, I think, um, Rogue One is one of my favorites at this point. I just like the darker style of, like, Star Wars film, and it's just really cool that it was, like, a serious take on a Star Wars movie. And I just like the cast, like... I love those kind of pull a lot of really small character together kind of films or stories, and each one of them has their own little interesting thing going on. It's just, that's that's a trope I absolutely love. But going based off of the Star Trek thing, uh, Jess and me were looking through the Netflix because we were like lining up movies that we want to watch or TV shows that we need to catch up on. And we saw that Picard is out and Jess was all about wanting to watch it. Have you watched it? That's on Netflix. I think it's on Netflix. Oh man. It's either that or it's, it's either that or on Amazon. I can't remember which. Okay. I'll have to, cause I mean, I saw the trailer for Picard when they announced it and I was all about it. I just assumed that, um, cause I know, NBC or whatever on their streaming app, whatever they were doing, like Star Wars Discovery or Star Trek Discovery. So I just assumed it. <laughs> God damn it! My mom's like fucking Justin. I think it. I think it is Amazon Prime. All right. Yeah, I don't have Amazon. Well, yeah, I don't have Amazon Prime. So. Well, I could probably just share my account with you since I order all of the things on Amazon and I hardly use my Amazon Prime account. I might take you up on it then, because I do love me. Next Generation is by far my favorite. Like, that and, like, Voyager were, like, my two favorites growing up. Well, Picard is one of the best captains, so. No, he's the best. I don't care what you say. Like, Tiberius was not the end-all, be-all greatest. He was reckless. Um, what else? Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, 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 Spider-Man. Do you want to talk about Far... I mean, let's not talk about Far From Home. You and Tanner already talked about Far From Home. Long story short, Far From Home is really great. And we're not going to get another one. 
I, from, from, from what I've read, it, uh, Tom Holland still has, like, there's still a contract out there where Tom Holland has two more Spider-Man movies where, so they have to do at least two more, I guess, in the MCU. It's just that financial new deal isn't happening. And because of that, uh, man, why am I spacing on the MCU creative head? Kevin Smith. Yeah, sure. Kevin Smith. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, the, the creative head of the MCU isn't going to be involved this time, but at least he's, we could still maybe see an end to like the Spider-Man Tom Holland part of the MCU, which would still be great as long as we can kind of get an end there. Well, yeah, at but, least if they, like, wrap it up nicely and don't just kind of, like, leave you hanging with some shit. Well, I mean, if they did cut it off at this point, that would 100% be leaving you hanging because they pulled a civil war in some respect. And, uh, yeah, no, I would love to see what's going to happen with that Spider-Man now that he's... I mean, it's even different from, like a Civil War Spider-Man kind of thing, because in Civil War, at least Spider-Man was on the side of the law, so to speak. And in this case, it's like, nah, he's not only unmasked, but also wanted for alleged murder, so... I mean, in the comics, though, wasn't there a point where, like, I mean, Spider-Man was, like, hated? Well, no, there's, there's been several points where that's happened, but, I mean... At least in the beginning part of Civil War, he was on Iron Man's side, so it's like, yeah, he reveals an identity and everything, and I believe in, like, issue five, he's like, oh, wait, no, this is a terrible thing, let me go flip sides and be with Cap, and then from that point on, he was, like, with the new Avengers and, like, on the run and, like, all that kind of stuff. And I think last week, whenever you were talking with Tanner, you were talking about how long the unmasked thing happened, or how long that lasted. Um, And that was from Civil War all the way up to Brand New Day, whenever Spider-Man made that deal with Mephisto to, like, cancel out his marriage. And because that happened, like, it, like, saved his aunt, and it, like, canceled out his marriage... And, like, people didn't know that he was Spider-Man anymore. So, that was, like, I don't know, I want to say three years after Civil War. Yeah, because if you listened uh, to last week's podcast, I it's been a while since I've read the comics, so I was kind of confused amongst the Civil War and, like, House of M storylines and stuff and where certain events <laughs> happened in between. Well, yeah, because I think we, like, I introduced you into comics back whenever we were in college, and you started really hardcore reading them whenever we were going to the comic book shop. Yeah, because when I started reading the comics is when, like, Dark Reign had, like, just started, where Norman Osborn was in charge of everything. And, like, I started, I think, with the Deadpool uh, Dark Reign, like, right after the Scroll Invasion 
Yeah, no, that I, that would be whenever you started then. So I think I probably just gave you a bunch of trades to like kind of catch you up on everything that was going on. Yeah, because for a while, even when we went to the comic book store, you mainly got comics and I would always get manga. And then I'd always just borrow whatever looked interesting from you. And, start, and then you'd always have like weird, like be in the middle of like, it's like issue like six or something of something. And I'm like, I have no idea what the fuck's going on. And you're like, oh, well, I have the other five. And then it was a slippery slope from there. Yeah, no, it always is. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to make it out to the comic book shop lately a whole lot. Um, just because either A, I don't have the money for it, or I don't have the time to read them. But, yeah. Um, so Spider-Man, I guess. <laughs> yeah, dude, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was dope as fuck. Like, well, I'm not sad that, like, it's one of those things where it was so good, and, like, the soundtrack was banging, like... I loved it. I loved. No, it you, you don't. You, you don't have to tell me. Jess has been listening to the soundtrack nonstop since like it's been on her regular playlist for ever since we watched the movie. And I've been trying to get you to watch this movie since the movie came out. I know. I don't know why I was so bad about it. I don't know either. Like I, I know that you're not the hugest guy who's into spider-man like you're not a huge spider-man fan which i mean that's fine i mean that's not a big deal but like this is a really good movie no it, it really was and i think like what with what you were saying i think like if because i never read the spider-man where um he was spider-man like i never read any of miles morales as spider-man and mm -hmm. i never read like any of like spider gwen or like i read spider-man noir and i love spider-man noir but like the majority of like them i never read so i think like if i had read more of like their stuff i think i'd even have like a deeper appreciation from it but even just from like being unknowledgeable from the outside it was still really like fun to watch no yeah definitely and i i'm a huge miles morales fan like there was a lot of like controversy around him whenever he was whenever Bendis first put him out and was like, yeah, no, the Ultimate Spider-Man's gonna go away, and instead it's gonna be Miles Morales. And I think they handled like the 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 switch over between the two characters super well in the comic books. And I read like the first arc where like his uncle dies and everything, and I'm like, this is such a cool take on the spider-man mythos i don't get why people are not a fan of this um and i'm sure there's a whole lot of things that could be said about that but um yeah no i'm i i loved uh into the spider-verse because i love miles but i mean i also love spider gwen i think that her costume is just the coolest thing like it's my favorite cost like new co comic book hero costume in a long time it's just so sleek as a side note i also saw one of the new disney plus shows is an animated spider gwen thing oh really yeah it's like her like in her band oh stuff. that's neat I, I saw like a quick thing for it it looked kind of interesting yeah i've been wanting to read her. she's ha ever since like the Spider-Verse crossover comic whenever she kind of got created. I think that's whenever she showed up. Ever since then, like, I've been super into her origin stories and all the... She has, like, a whole spinoff comic about, like, what's going on in her universe. And it's really... It's a really cool twist on stuff. 
but I just haven't had the chance to really read it much. Um, I'll occasionally take a breath so you can comment on things. No, it's fine. <laughs> I was like, I don't care. One of the things I wanted to ask, though, since I don't really read Spider-Man, was, um, like, is Ultimate... Is Peter Parker still Spider-Man and Ultimate Spider-Man? Oh, no, he died. But, like, when it started, though, was he Spider-Man? Like, because I'm assuming you said that Miles took over in Ultimate Spider-Man? Yeah, so for, like, a good, I don't know, a hundred and, like, 50 issues, it was just, it was Peter Parker Spider-Man. But he was still, like, teenager age. And Miles was, like, several, like, four years younger than him. I think, I think uh, Ultimate Spider-Man, like, Ultimate Peter Parker didn't even, like, he was still in high school whenever he died. Um, but other than that, there's a whole lot of differences between the movie and the comic, obviously. I mean, that always happens, but I really love the take in the, in the movie. Like, just for example, um... The twist with his uncle is still a thing, so his uncle still is Prowler, but instead of, like, say, Kingpin killing him, it is Miles who accidentally kills him. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, no, and uh, that's that's pretty crazy whenever he, it like, you don't realize it either. You don't realize that Prowler is his uncle until, like, Miles accidentally kills him and he unmasks uh, who Prowler is, and I'm like, oh, man, this is this is some crazy stuff. Um, but then again, like, uh, Spider-Man Noir, like, in the movie versus in the comic books, they're, like, really different characters. I, I th- think it's fine that they took a more comedic approach. Well, yeah, I mean, if you have Nicolas Cage playing him, like, that's kind of the more the direction I expect to take, because yeah, he yeah. doesn't really have, like a huge personality in the comics or anything. Nah, he's just really dark, noir, detective-type character, and I love the Spider-Man noir comics. They're really cool. Um, But I'm fine with the direction they took. Other than that, like, personality-wise, most of the characters are pretty spot-on. I think the only one that's slightly different is noir Spider-Man, other than that. Um, was Miles' like, powers and stuff accurate? Like, does he actually turn invisible and stuff in the comics? Yeah, he has, like, the, he has, like, the electric, uh, like, touch, and he can go invisible. Those are some of the powers he has. It's just extra powers he has. But, yeah, other than that, like, not much is different. There's a lot different, uh, speaking of differences, um, I don't know if this is spoiler territory, but... Um, I've been playing a ton of the Amazing Spider-Man game uh, by Insomniac, and I absolutely lo- adore Insomniac, and they're the most perfect team on the planet to make a Spider-Man game. Um, and Miles is in it, and um, in the- I don't know if you're going to play the game, are you? I mean, if you spoil like even if you spoil it, I'll probably fucking forget. <laughs> like- yeah, you're right. Um, in in the game. As far as I know, he doesn't become Spider-Man yet, but you do get some interactions between Spider-Man and Miles, and um, Miles' dad dies, like, pretty early into, like, the game, and Miles is working with Aunt May at, like, a homeless shelter to kind of, like, do good things, 
but there's a lot of really good interactions between him and Peter. And it's really cool in that particular version that you get more interaction between miles and Peter instead of like in the comic books, you don't get a lot of that. I mean, except for now because miles is in the main MCU, uh, not MCU, just the main six one six universe for the comic books. But anyway, that was a little tangent. I'll just keep uh, going off on them. <laughs> well, that's, that's, I mean, that's the basis of this podcast is just one tangent snowballing into another. But I'm really happy that you did like the movie. I mean, I figured you would. It's it's an excellent movie. Like it's Dude, it's a it's beautiful. It gets so trippy at the end. Oh yeah, definitely. It's like a LSD trip. I was like, dude, what the fuck is going on? So yeah, I, I, the visuals are just so cool because there's just like almost any frame you pull off of that movie could be used as a comic book panel, and it's just it's so good. Um, and there's a lot of different, um, little nods to like comic books in it. And I absolutely love their take on Doc Ock. It's great. Yeah. I thought one of the funny things was like in the beginning, like when he gets, starts getting his powers, he's Uh literally reading the Spider-Man comic and it's literally like pretty much panel for panel, everything that just happened to him. Yeah. (laughs) It's pretty fourth wall breaky, but it's cool. And Stan Lee's parody in it was really good too. Yeah, I I, I think from now on, at least for another couple years, any any time I see any Stan Stanley cameos, it's gonna make me tear up a little bit. Yeah, it was pretty. He's like, hey, he's like, I used to be real good friends with Peter, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> a blow to the heart. <laughs> um. But yeah, um, at some point, I need to make some actual Mario Maker levels. <laughs> I know, I'm like sad. I keep checking. I was like, Alex has made fucking like 30 of them. Like I was playing some of his like newer ones that he made, uh, I think last night. And some of them were pretty good. Hopefully they are like, more really quick. Hopefully they aren't more, let's throw as many enemies and bullets into a level as I can levels. I fucking hate those ones. But like, well, yeah, because they're like Mario Maker 1 tier levels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of them was like, uh, like kill, like you have to kill like 12 dry bones before reaching the exit mm-hmm. and stuff. So it was like doing that. And then I think yeah, one was like killing spine. Like it was like every single one had like one of those fucking mechanics that you can't beat the level until you actually like achieve something i I like some of those there's a few cool ones that i've seen where like i I absolutely love the uh don't touch the ground ones or don't leave the ground those are those always make for really cool and interesting levels as long as people use them in some sort of interesting way um Do you have to like unlock those mechanics like in the game or are they or like cuz I when I tried to like look to see when I was like making my new level to see like what options I had I only had like one or two options for like goals for completing a level like I didn't have like the defeat x amount of like dry bones or anything but I wasn't sure if like I had to have dry bones in the level 
that's what it give me the that's option. what yeah that's what it is whenever you have um enemies in the level or coins in the level or something like that that unlocks the do blank amount of things okay all right otherwise you just have the default um maybe it's don't get hurt don't touch the ground and don't leave the ground i think yeah. those i think those are the default ones but i haven't messed around a lot in the maker but yeah, neither have I. I've only, like, really done pretty limited basic things, so now that I know that, I can, like, go in and probably, like, mess around a little bit more with it. Once I have some free time, I'll go and make something, but I have to immediately make something incredibly trolly for you to play. Yeah, I need to get, like, uh, Tim's friend code or something from you, because I want to play his shitty block one that he made. Oh, I haven't I haven't played any of Tim's maker levels either, so I don't have his maker ID. But I imagine knowing how Tim, what Tim's levels were like in Mario Maker One, they are awful. I'm sure. Oh, dude! Speaking of maker levels, um, because uh, I've been playing Fire Emblem, and then when I get to a good safe spot, I jump over to Mario Maker and usually play some levels. Uh, the Snowman Gaming made a new level. Oh, sweet. And it was Punch-Out themed. Oh, I have I saw that one on Twitter. Did you get a chance to play it? Yeah, dude, I played it. It was so fucking... Like, it was, <laughs> I say it was so good. It was, like, it was interesting. Like, I like what he did. Like, there was, like, some parts that, like, were, like, fucking hard. Like, it wasn't even, like, really hard, like, technically hard. It was more, like, basically, like, some, like, round one is, like, this uh, giant thing. And you're basically trapped in this box, and it's, like, raining fireballs down on you, so you have to dodge. Left and, and like, right and center, just like you would in Punch-Out. Yeah, so it's, like, that's cool. And the way to beat it, though, is you basically are just waiting. And then eventually, like, a, plow, a pow block on a track comes out from the right side of the screen out of nowhere and eventually drops off into this little spot that you're in. And then by using that, you hit it and then kill the dude or, well, there's like the bar, there's like those little black chompers or whatever on the corner, like a health bar. And by using enough pow blocks, once you drop all the way to zero, then you get the key to like get the door to leave, which was really cool. Yeah, it's a super cool level. Like it's a neat one. I think I the other day I saw an actual like Bomberman one where it's an actual grid, just like Bomberman. And you're, like, climbing vines so you can actually move in a Bomberman-style fashion. And you're, like, hitting different blocks, and then bomb bombs come out of it, and it's, like, exploding those particular things. And you have to kill uh, spinies because spinies also move along blocks, so they can kind of move through the maze a little bit. And you're using that to, like, do Bomberman-esque stuff. It's really cool, the stuff that they come up with. Yeah, dude, I've, like, followed some, like, Japanese people and stuff who, like, consistently upload, like, really high-rated and, like, good levels and stuff, and a lot of the levels they make are really, like, unique and fun, which is pretty cool. Dude, and then I, um, I picked up, I haven't played it or whatever, but, uh, Bastion is on the Switch. Oh, nice. It's on sale right now for, like, three bucks. So it's like 80% off, which I'm, I played it on the 360, but I never actually beat it. So I'm like, oh man, I'll actually play it all the way through if it's on the Switch. I mean, that's the way it is with any indie game. I mean, 
it's just a really good console for games in general. I mean, obviously not everyone wants to overload the Switch market, and arguably it almost is right now, but that that's just a really good game for con- like like I would say our generation cuz we're like not always sitting in front of a TV anymore and it's just super refreshing that you can take the game on the go or hey I'm going to play a few levels of something before I go to bed and that kind of stuff and that's always super nice um I'm trying to think if there's any thing else I've been playing. I think I've mostly just been playing Spider-Man. Um, I just beat that Metroidvania game on the Switch that's the pinball one. Pinball? Yeah, it's... I was going to say Gato Roboto, but... No, I did beat Gato Roboto, but... Where is it? Oh, uh... Yuku's uh, Iron yeah. Island Express? Yeah, I don't. I don't think I'm pronouncing it right, but Yoku, Yoku's. Yeah, Yoku's. That's what it is, probably. Um, And that was a super fun, charming game. Um, I'm not super into pinball games, but a pinball Metroidvania is something I almost have to play just because it's super unique. I just love the art style. It's so cute. Yeah, definitely, and just. Even, like, the power-ups you get aren't, like, your typical Metroidvania power-ups. They're all things that, like, help you in a pinball sense, and it's really cool. So you have ones where you can, like, you kind of have, like, a grapple beam, but it's not the exact same. So you've got, like, you've got these, like, parasitic plants that'll be around, and they don't do anything to anything whenever the game starts. But then you eventually get this power-up where it turns your, like, little messenger ball that you're rolling around into something that they like to eat and so you they you they uh they eat the ball and you can kind of like swing around with it and it's really cool yeah i really need to finish it i started it i think i only got maybe like i don't even know if i got 20 percent of the way through it i was working on 100 percenting it but like any time I won 100% a game. If I ever finish the game, I inst- it kills all momentum I had to finish it, like, 100%. So um, I'm probably sitting at, like, 95%, and I just kind of stopped because I actually accidentally beat the game. I was like, that's good enough. Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, I was also playing a lot of Tropical Freeze, which is, without a doubt, probably my favorite Donkey Kong game at this point. It's super good, but there's so many good games coming out like for the rest of this year. It's like an overload of good stuff. I mean, you don't have to tell me like before I got into like I was getting into board games. It was like, oh, man, there's too many indie games to play. But now there's too many indie games to play still. And there's too many board games that are constantly coming out on Kickstarter that demand my money also. So there's not enough time or money for everything. Well, it's like now Nintendo's getting ready to dump all their AAA shit like the rest of this year. Like, fucking the new Zelda Zelda Link's Awakening comes out in like two weeks. Yeah, and then after that I've got Luigi's Mansion coming out in October, which me and Jess are going to play a ton of. Yeah, I'm going to probably end up doing the... Uh... The $99 voucher deal thing and get Link's Awakening and Luigi's Mansion. Uh, that's exactly what I did. <laughs> yeah. 
But you, uh, for some reason on the Nintendo site, you can't cash in the voucher for Luigi's Mansion yet. It just has buy physical right now. I could do it for the Link's Awakening, but I couldn't do it for Luigi's Mansion yet for some reason. It's probably not set up yet. Probably going to wait until, since it still comes out like a couple months from now. So Yeah, that's entirely possible. But I'm sure that whenever it comes out, I'm just going to get it digitally. But yeah, I was like... The new like Yu-Gi-Oh game on Switch came out, which I saw Tanner got it. So Tanner, if you're listening to this, you need to tell me how it is. But I it's probably like, Yu-Gi-Oh. Well, yeah, but it has it's literally it's Yu-Gi-Oh, but it's Yu-Gi-Oh across from like the original like anime up to like whatever the new anime is now, V-Rain. So it's like over nine thousand cards or whatever, which I don't really give a shit about. But the fact that it's like all of it. It's like the first game that's not some like mobile pay to play game where it's like an actual you pay the forty dollars, here's like the full game, access to all the cards. That's pretty ridiculous. That's a lot. I think the last Yu-Gi-Oh game that I remember that had that amount of cards was there's one I think it was for the GBA. Or maybe it was for no, it has to have been for the Game Boy. Me and Tyler were playing it a ton. The and you world, could, world Tournament? Yeah, that was it. And you could go ahead and input the Yu-Gi-Oh uh, cards, and yeah. you could play it. And I was able to build my Exodia deck back then. Yeah, dude, World Tournament, I think it was 2004. Like, the cartridge was like kind of like blue. Yeah. Like, that was like my favorite. Because, yeah, it allowed you to... You could put in the code for the cards but and get a free copy of the card, but you can only do it, like, once. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, yeah, that's fine. I'm like, because then you can, like, earn more copies, like, throughout the game, like, in the shops and shit, but it was, like, expensive as fuck. But it was nice to be able to get, like, at least one copy of, like, all the really good cards. Yeah, and for, like, really, really good cards, you can't have more than one of them in your deck anyway, so who cares? Yeah, so I'm hoping I I'm hoping this new one You're pooping? has I'm pooping. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> but I'm hoping the new one has that ability. But then it's like and then Link's Awakening comes out and on the same day Link Awakening comes out, uh Torchlight 2 also comes out on the Switch. I think Knights and Bikes is also coming out here pretty soon too. Yeah, dude, Knights and Bikes and then the Nino Kuni on the Switch. Uh, that would probably be a good thing to buy me and jess never actually finished it well yeah megan played it on the ps3 but it's like we got the ps3 so late in the game like we got it and like megan played it but then you know we ended up getting a ps4 so then we switched over to that and it didn't have backwards compatibility and stuff so we just never beat it but yeah and then of course luigi's mansion and then pokemon in november like it's just a bunch of shit I think Zelda and Luigi's Mansion are probably the last two Nintendo titles I'm buying this year. I don't know what's coming out in December. I can't remember. But I think it's just going to be those two. I mean, I don't already don't have a lot of time, but even if it's not a Nintendo title, I'm sure it's going to be a billion indie games. Even, like, there's a ton of indie games that I still want to play and I haven't had a chance to, like... Uh, 10 billion humans? Oh, 7 billion humans? Yeah, 7 billion humans. 
I don't know, PJ brings that up all the time. He's like, when are you going to play this? It's so crazy. And I'm like, dude, I still never finished Human Resource Machine. Oh, man, Human Resource Machine is also really good. I haven't finished it either, but once I finish that, I'll go ahead and move on to 7 Billion Humans. I was, like, almost done with it. I was, like, I think 80% of the way done with it. I was playing it on my on my Galaxy Note 3, and then I fucking dropped my phone and broke it. Oh, no. And so I, I, like, lost all my save data, so I just haven't gone back. I haven't reinstalled it to go back in and try and beat it again. Oh, the game gets hard, like, crazy hard. Yeah, that that was also part of the reason why I stopped at 80%, was it just started getting into, like, fractions and, like, crazy fucking... Progr- I'm, like, I'm like, bro, I'm bad enough at programming in real life, and then now I'm having to do game like in the game programming with these people and shit and like <laughs> weird picking up little sticky notes and adding them into places and stuff and i'm like man i think seven billion humans is even like more programming than than that but speaking of r- ridiculously hard puzzle games baba is you is also very good that's another one that i've been playing on and off how far are you um world three all right. Are you I already think, done with it? <laughs> no, I've unlocked. I think up to like world six or seven, mm-hmm. but I've like beat. I think I've complete like hundred percent completed world one and two, and then it's like I've completed like I think like eighty percent because you get to the point where it's like the first like three or four levels of like a chapter. Like you're like all right, like takes you a minute, but you figure it out. And then mm. later in the chapter, you start getting into the, oh, well, this is exactly like level one, but there's this one difference now that just completely fucks everything that you did in the first level up that you can't do that anymore. And I'm like, God damn it. There's two optional levels in the lake that me and Jess were struggling with for the longest time. And we beat one of them. And then the second optional one of it is like, yeah, you remember that solution you came up with? You can't do that anymore. Yeah, dude, that shit's, like, fucked up. Like, that's what kept happening to me was those optional ones. I'm just like, oh, it's like, here's the exact same. It looks almost the exact same as the level that you played earlier, but now there's this shit's floating. And I'm like, oh. And it's like, now I have to, like, work around that. And I'm like, well, now that doesn't work. And I'm, like, just staring at it, and I'm like, I don't know what to do. Damn it. So for sure, Negative Space uh, coming out this year, right? No. (laughs) (laughs) So that's you're officially going on record and saying it's coming out this year. (laughs) Next year. First year, 2020 is the year. Q1 2020. I'm like, Q question mark 2020. (laughs) I was like, I was working on it with PJ today. I mean... It's coming along. It's just progress is is slow, but it's getting there. I can understand. <laughs> yeah, well, seeing as literally, I think I started Negative Space about the same time you started Boss Battle. Well, it sucks because now I'm basically out of things to do. At this point, I am just checking to make sure rules are done. Spot checking art and like doing playtests whenever I can, and now I'm trying to figure out how to get some marketing going and posting stuff, and, like, I'm doing all the unfun things about being an indie. 
because originally we were going to do the publishing thing. Um, we just recently went to Gen Con, and this is going to be a rehash for you, so I'm mostly just telling everyone else. Um, That's fine. Uh, so coming from a video game background, most of the time if you're trying to work with a publisher, you want everything done on the game. You want the, the publisher wants to assume none of the responsibility of trying to make the game and only market and sell it, and that's all they want to do. Um, so the closer to get to finish you have, the better. But as we were learning at Gen Con, it's very different for board game publishing. Uh, they want to have almost a blank, a blank slate. So you want to just have a well-tested design, something that works really well and is fun, but essentially no art or just filler art that you found on Google. And then they want to hire an artist, assume creative control, redo the art however they want, and basically tweak the game however they want, including like name and like any rules that they don't feel are like super valid or needed. So you're basically handing that baby over to someone else to finish the game I mean, you have some sort of say in it, but they're the one writing the check, so you really don't have a ton of say in it, depending on who your publisher is. And even then, um, if you're a new designer, they want to give you like 5 or 6% off of the MSRP, which for anyone who is not in the know, is after retailers take their cut, so hypothetically, if you're selling a game for 40 bucks and the retailer takes 20 of that, you're only making six per, five to six percent of whatever that twenty dollars is, which is almost nothing, um, from what I can tell. But um, yeah, so that's why we decided to go the Kickstarter route. I mean, we're almost done with the game, so we might as well just finish it up and try and get. We don't even need a ton of people to like kickstart the game. We just need, I don't know, I think 200. I think that's what we're shooting for, 250, which isn't a lot of backers. I don't know, Matt. That 6% is nothing to sneeze at. <laughs> uh, so I think the way that like most designers handle that now, or at least in the board game industry, they probably just prototype out a ton of games and then test them make sure that they work pretty well, and then they just go pitch them. I think that's what they do. I think they're just churning out ideas, which could say a lot for how the sustainability in the board game industry probably isn't all that great. Like, in long term, right now, the board game industry is doing really well, but as we've seen with Steam, just churning out games after games after games isn't very sustainable. I don't know. I did uh, read an article today that for, what was it, for, I think, I don't know if it was this month or last month, but the uh, top two selling games on Steam were anime hentai games. Well, we've reached peak uh, indie-pocalypse then. <laughs> this is what the indie-pocalypse has got us, hentai games on Steam. I mean, it ha if it's the number one selling, it has to be good, right? <laughs> or... 
<laughs> I don't know. Like, everyone bitches about the Epic Store, but, like, I mean, I don't think... I mean, I know that there could be improvements itself to the Epic Store, but I don't think it's that bad. I honestly... So, I kind of see Twitter every once in a while, and, like, I'll be on it, but I'm not, like, as entrenched in what's going on with the epic store i know that the epic store is paying their devs better which you know as a dev i'm about but i don't get what the big controversy is over devs signing on as exclusives for the epic store aside from like maybe people are like i have all my games on steam i want this game on steam too i don't know I, that's the only thing i can the only conclusion i can come to unless and i haven't been on the epic store so i don't know what the user experience is like maybe it's not as good i don't know i can't imagine that's the case because steam's pretty awful <laughs> um so everything that i know from like what i've read and everything about the epic store like i mean there's like a lot of complaints about just the store the epic store itself in the sense that like there's a lot of user like interface stuff that could be fixed on like the fact that there's not a shopping cart people were complaining like when epic had their big sale going on mm -hmm. the fact that people wanted multiple games and they had to buy one game at a time and then like people were running into issues like after buying like three games or something like that uh certain like people's like off their debit cards their bank and stuff was like flagging their cards since it was like excessive like charges and stuff all right in a row hmm. um and then like there's like some other user stuff because i only really ever use the epic store because every month you get a free game huh. which, or one or two which is and it like adds to your library and stuff which is dope like this month's was fez well actually it's not even month it's like a week like, this week's was Fez. Like, next week, it's, like, I think starting August 29th to whatever, um, Celeste and Inside are the two free games, which are, like, amazing games. I mean, Celeste won a bunch of awards on last year and stuff. And I, I know Inside was, like, held really high. The people who made Limbo, that's their game. Yeah, uh, no, Celeste is an amazing game, just to, like, piggyback off that. But, no, it's it's fantastic, and I absolutely adore it. Um, at some point, Matt will put out, not me, Matt, but Matt Thorson, will uh, put out that next chapter. Good old chapter nine. <laughs> I, still, I still need the, I didn't get all the, uh, the other pieces to unlock the final level in celeste in general i still need to go back to unlock the heart or whatever the like actual last chapter of the game yeah i think you have to finish all the b-sides to do that um you need there's like the four secret the like giant like gym things or whatever like mm -hmm. i went to unlock that door and i only got like one out of like the four yeah i haven't gone back and played a lot of it again it suffers from the I beat the game, and now I don't want to do any of the side content stuff. But, I mean, you could arguably uh, argue that uh, the last chapter isn't... That's beating the game versus, you know, just completing, getting to the top of the mountain. But the game's really tough, but it's really fair, I like to say. 
um, we had Jess's nephew over for New Year's, or maybe it was last summer, and he beat Celeste all by himself. Like, I didn't, I helped him on maybe a couple screens, but other than that, I mean, he's like eight or nine, so he beat the whole game all by himself, and I'm like, oh man, that's really cool, and he doesn't play platformers or anything, you know, because his age group only plays Fortnite. <laughs> or uh, Clash of Clans. Uh, or I don't know any other. Come on, I'm Matt, not... you got this. You got this. What's another game? Uh, Halo. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um. Oh wait. So segueing back to the uh, Epic Store real quick. The the only other thing that I know, complaint wise, is basically that yeah, the uh, price cut. And stuff like the for developer and stuff, the cut that you get per game is better than say Steam. Uh, one of the only other complaints or whatever that I've heard is because like Epic's been buying up indies and stuff like that to make them Epic Store exclusives. Yeah. And like, like I know one of the complaints was like say for like uh, the new Shinmu game coming out, Shinmu mm-hmm. Three, they had like a Kickstarter and whatever, and like. You know, on the Kickstarter and stuff, it said that it was coming to Steam. On, yeah, coming to Steam, and then Epic bought it, and then it's like now, it's like obviously now that Epic owns like owns it, it's not coming to Steam. So like people feel like they were entitled. You know, they bought in at the price of I'm gonna get a Steam code for this, and then now, you know, they're not gonna be able to get a Steam code, and so people were upset about that which i know a lot of like i hear a lot of the dev side where they're like oh yeah no that's just gamers being entitled but i'm like well i mean they're not just gamers they're also investors in that regard especially if they are kickstarter backers and you owe at least something to your backers who have given you money to make the game happen um I mean, obviously, there's a give-and-take relationship there, and people shouldn't be fucking dicks and making death threats and all that kind of stuff. But, um, naturally, no but. You shouldn't be doing that. That's fucking shitty. (laughs) Uh, One of the other things I heard, which I don't remember what the game was. Um, It was someone who I follow on Twitter. But they had said that, you know, Epic had approached them about making their game an Epic Store exclusive Mm -hmm. and they had said no and you know they were like no you know we really want to release on multiple platforms like steam and stuff like that so thanks but no thanks but uh we'd love to get our game just you know on the epic store not be an epic store exclusive but still sell the game on the epic store and basically Mm -hmm. epic told them that uh they were only interested right now in like epic store exclusives and stuff and basically shot them down from putting their game on the Epic Store because they weren't willing to take the money from Epic. That's really weird. Yeah, so I can't remember what game it was, but but I was like, I get, I mean, I guess I get it, like, if that's like what they're going for is just like getting a bunch of, well, you can only get it here, that's kind of like where they want to throw their money right now. I mean, if, if you're looking at it in regards of, like, I mean, on the PC market, you've mostly had, like, oh, yeah, no, you can play your games anywhere kind of thing versus, like, the console market where the console market has exclusives and, like, 
on the Nintendo console, like on the Switch, you get you have tons of exclusives. Um, but I don't think you really run into like a oh no, we're just gonna have just exclusives on our platform and we're not gonna do any multi-platform stuff, which is a little weird, especially. Oh no, I was just gonna say which. It's funny because the one the the ones that it is like on the Epic Store, but not um, but on the Epic like a lot of the ones that I was reading were that it's like on the Epic Store, but not exclusive to the Epic Store that they've been purchased. It's like all AAA games and stuff like that, like Border like Borderlands. You know, is gonna be like well, even Borderlands I think said that they were gonna they are gonna release on Steam just later than mm-hmm. the Epic Store. But it's like yeah, you know, still accepted Borderlands like being on Steam. And- well, yeah, they got that AAA money. I mean, they're not going to turn away AAA money. Um, and to be honest, I don't know very many AAA titles I play. I mean, I can na- probably name on one hand like the actual developers that are AAA that I actually play, which in- Nintendo and Insomniac are among those. <laughs> um, I'd be hard pressed to play to like name any other ones honestly at this point it's mostly just i mean there's so many really really good quality indie games out there that give you such new experiences that i just i don't feel the need to play a lot of triple a stuff i guess anymore yeah i think the only like triple a game i'm getting this year that's not nintendo is gears 5 <laughs> and that's it and that's also going to be like my third xbox one game that i literally own oh yeah i forgot you do have an xbox one i do i have mainly been using it for playing spongebob because the video player on the xbox one is infinitely better than the video player on the ps4 in the sense <laughs> that it plays every video format including mkvs and stuff and doesn't have weird restrictions with audio formats and shit that the ps4 has oh yeah i forgot that is a plus of the xbox machines is that they they can play mkvs i completely forgot about that so can the ps4 but it's like weird if you go on like the ps4 it's like because i went through the whole thing of like formatting my hard drive and like doing whatever to watch movies and shows and stuff on the playstation and uh certain ones it wasn't playing it and i couldn't figure out why and I was like, dude, I did everything right. Like, I don't, and I went on the website, and it's like, yeah, it plays MKVs, but it has to be one of these six audio formats, or has to whatever. And I was getting so mad. I was like, dude, fuck this. And then I like plugged the hard drive into the Xbox instead, and I haven't had a single fucking issue since. And I'm like, well, Xbox, I found the good use for you. <laughs> Watching. Aside from playing negative space on at some point in the future that's true i mean it will you know be on that at some point hopefully and whenever we go to indicade you can get nintendo on that bandwagon that's my goal um i filled out my indicade email and was like they were like what do you want to do and i was like talk to nintendo and they were like why and i'm like because i want a fucking dev kit like I'm please just give me a dev kit it would be great on your console (laughs) yeah i'm like if i can get the game in their hands and they're like oh yeah this is pretty fun i'm like cool here's my 500 dollars. now give me a dev kit (laughs) or just give me one for free (laughs) Uh, did you get an invite to the game tasting 
Um, I did. I filled out the, I mean, I, of course, there's no, I filled out the invitation thing mm-hmm. and stuff, which I'm sure when it gets closer, probably sometime next month or whatever, I'll get the email with the actual, like, day and time slot that I get, but... Yeah, I'm still hoping that we get one. That would be a lot of really valuable feedback. And with how quick our game is at this point, it'll probably go pretty fast. Yeah, I'm not sure how much time you're allowed since I know the one year what the one year we were gonna do it when we went to show Inside Out Boy. Rest uh, in peace. Yeah, PJ, I guess, didn't actually fill out the email properly or whatever, so we ended up not getting into... Like, we went and played the games at the game tasting, but we didn't actually get to show the game at the game tasting because of not filling it out. I still think that was fine, though. We got to meet the Joggernauts guys, and those are good people, and I've been keeping in touch with them. Dude, I can't believe Indiecade's literally, like, a month away. Like, this year has gone by so fucking fast. Uh, you don't have to tell me, man. I've I've had about a billion events this year, and I don't know how I'm staying above water based off of the amount of, like, conventions and other places I've traveled this year. Yeah, Megan was asking me about She's like, are you excited for IndieCade? And I was like, yeah. I was like, it's not like it's for a while, though. And she's like, bro, it's like in a month. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Because I was like, I, I need to, I want to print out some like more stickers and like some new, my business cards are still from like three years ago or whatever. And like the, like the player sprites changed and like the title screens changed. So it's like my whole like business card, like is completely out of date compared to like what the game even looks like now. So even though I have some left over, I'm like... I probably need to update this if I'm going to be showing stuff and handing out business cards. Oh yeah, this is our quickly thrown together business card that we came up with. Uh, you guys can't see this at home, but it looks uh, pretty kawaii as fuck. It looks uh, basically kind of like our actual cards do, but with a logo on it instead, and we threw it together in all of five seconds before Gen Con. And by we, I mean my fiancé, so... <laughs> You're like, by we, you're like, I mean, I nervously was biting my nails while somebody else did it. I was nervously watching over her shoulder while she was doing stuff in Photoshop. You're like, that B needs to be redder. (laughs) You're like, that opacity bumped that down to 65. And she's like, Matt, will you get off my fucking back? And I was like, okay, I'm going to go sit on the bed now. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, I'm really hoping... That we can get some good feedback at Indicate. Indicate's always such a fun convention, and uh, we always get good playtests, even though we're like a physical card game. So I'm I'm always surprised at how many playtests we get whenever we're there. Plus, the night games are always fun. Yeah, the night games are always yeah. It was a lot of fun, even like when they had the Indicate select games and stuff at the uh, firehouse and stuff that drinking bottomless mimosas and going to go play those were a lot of fun oh yeah no that was a very drunk breakfast followed by trying to be professional and play indie games by walking around los angeles but uh yeah no i'm super looking forward to it it's been a while since i've been so yeah i only went that one year so it's gonna be the first game convention i've been to since 
Well, we went I to went, GDC. Well, I was going to say, I went to PAX, but I didn't, like, show anything. So, yeah, GDC is, like, the first one where I actually, like, I don't know, like, was, like, marketing myself, I guess, instead of just being, like, a spectator. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Because I know you went to GDC a couple times. Yeah, no, last year, I mean, this year, last year, this year, whatever, the more recent one. That a year? Just, yeah, the one that just happened uh, in April was, like, my third one, and I really like GDC because I always get to see people I don't normally get to interact with aside from casually throwing my two cents on their tweets. <laughs> and hanging out in the park. Yeah, no. The, the park's gotten super cool because now they have, like, actual spots to sit and like you can just hang out and eat your lunch there and they have like food trucks so you don't actually need to go find something so you don't end up eating what did we eat that one year it was like it wasn't ice cream it was like was that ice cream it was like macaroons or like something we went to with tim we went to that pastry shop oh beard papa yeah yeah, where they have the uh, cr- the cream puffs and those there are we go. cream puffs. I knew it wasn't. I knew it wasn't macaroons. I just couldn't remember what the fuck they were. Chloe, if she's watching this this podcast, is screaming at you in French. I was like, she's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was like, of the twenty people that do, I don't think she's one of them. But uh, that's also the year where you got that super good chicken sandwich at the box god that's like that's that's my goal is to while we're there i want even though i know it's not like in the same location like this year as it was the one year we went i i want to go there so bad and i really want to go like i don't know if like daryl's driving there this year or to gdc well oh that was gdc yeah 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 i'm about to crush your dreams fuck (laughs) <laughs> god damn it no nah, you're, you're no nah, there's damn we it. Ha- we're gonna we're gonna be in la so uh you're gonna have to settle for going to the waffle which is also excellent i wanted to go to fucking chinatown again uh did we go to chinatown whenever we went to that was gdc Indicate what? yeah no you keep you keep thinking of uh gdc yeah, stuff they all blur together <laughs> like it's because yeah, no, we went because IndieCade was when Nintendo took us to Curry. Um, yeah, GDC was when we went to Chinatown, and we went to all the. It's it's also whenever we were uh, waiting outside for ramen for like two hours. Yeah, and going to that bar next to the box, and fucking talking to those dudes from Cartoon Network who were very humble. Yes, they were the most humble people that I've ever met, dare I say. And they kept yelling how humble they were at each other and were like on their knees, bowing to each other in the middle of the bar, screaming how humble they were. Um, as a uh, quick shout out to them, uh, they're now working on a Pikmin style game called... Quick, Justin, fill in the blank space real quick. Called Butt Cadets. That's not what it's called. I was just... I'm going to look it up real quick. Um, Cat Strangler. No. Two. The Restrangling. (laughs) 
I need a new phone because everything's AIDS. so slow. AIDS. <laughs> the game. Uh, that's just a uh, pandemic. Oh. Um. I already said cat strangler. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um. Plant. Plant. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. God damn it. They're, uh, they work at uh, Moonlight Kids, and they're working on The Wild at Heart, which is this super cool, stylistic uh, 2D game. But it's kind of Pikmin-esque, where you're, like, going and getting these little plant things, and you're, like, throwing them at monsters. But it's all it all takes place in kind of, like, an isometric kind of view, kind of like uh, Don't Starve. All right. Yeah, but it's it's super cool and it looks kind of puzzle solving, but rather than Pikmin, which is more RTS resource gathering. Dude, I want that untitled alligator RPG or the bug one, both of which are like Paper Mario. I don't care which one comes out first at this point. I just want it and I want it on the Switch. No, we need more paper mario like games because the lord knows nintendo's never making another paper mario ever again give us a fucking thousand year door remaster you cowards uh they'll probably just re-release paper mario one i mean i'll take that too like i mean like 20 percent of the tattoos on my right arm are paper mario one tattoos I just want... I don't know what they're going to do after this batch of Mario RPGs, because I don't think 5, which was Paper Jam, right? Yeah. I don't think that did all that well. I'm not 100%, but... It did not. It disappeared pretty quick. Well, I mean, the formula's getting kind of stale there. I think they keep trying to switch it up, but, I mean, for the most part, it's still the same game that's been for, like, many years at this point. Dude, I uh, I saw the hottest take on Twitter, like I think it was like a week ago, where someone was like brought up the fact that they uh, um, they remade like Superstar Saga and Bowser's Inside Story for the 3DS, and they're like, mm-hmm. but they skipped over the best one. Ugh. And uh. I'm like, and they were saying how partner they were trying to like it was like a whole thread of them trying to explain how Partners in Time was the best Mario and Luigi game. And I was like, now that's what I call yikes. I, They must have some hardcore nostalgia goggles because that game is not good. Like, Jess... So Jess is playing the remakes, and she played the remake of Superstar Saga, and then immediately went to, like, oh, well, I'm done with this one. Is there any more of them? I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. Like, you could wait a few months, and then Inside Story is going to come out, so you could play that next, because that's, like, the best one universally. And she's like, well, do we have any other ones? And I'm like, well, here's number two. I don't remember much about it, but, I mean, you could play it if you want. And she could not, for the life of her, finish that game. Like, it's like like, the whole beginning, and then part of the second part of it is all tutorials. There's so much tutorials in that game. And it's just, it takes you forever to do nothing. 
I was like, I beat it when it came out, and I don't even have nostalgia goggles for it. Like, it just wasn't, like, the story, the villain wasn't great. The story was just okay. Like, playing any time that you're separated from the babies and have to play as just the babies and just Mario and Luigi to, like, try and meet back up is just fucking annoying. And playing as the babies without Mario and Luigi sucks. Like, and even the bro move, like, they doled the bro moves to where you couldn't, like, do, like, extra damage and stuff. And it was just, it just wasn't even unique. Like, most of the moves were just moves from the first one that they just, like, somehow weaseled away to incorporate the babies into. Yeah. Which is weird from Nintendo that they, they're going on, like, their fifth entry of that series and Nintendo won't go and make, like, a new F-Zero game because they're like, well, if we could find something new to add to the game, we would make a new game, but we can't. And I'm like, meanwhile, here's new Super Mario Brothers for the Switch. And I'm like, Wario Land 5... is never happening. I want it. It'd be so good. It would be, but it's never happening. I have a better chance of Pikmin 4 coming out because they've at least talked about it I mean, four years ago. <laughs> dude, like, as far as remakes go, like, HD remasters, like, Thousand Year Door and them doing, like, A Beautiful Joe 1 and 2. I mean, they've been doing, like, they brought, Capcom brought, like, the Resident Evil games and, uh, what was the other one that they brought onto the Switch? Um... I can't remember. Oh, Devil May Cry. Wait. Yeah, Devil May Cry's Capcom. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they brought Devil May Cry and stuff to the Switch, too. I'm like, so beautiful Joe. Red Hot Rumble. No. No one one wants that. (laughs) I didn't even want it. Even as a kid, you couldn't trick me into wanting that. I think if they did do a uh, remaster of Beautiful Joe 1 and 2, though, as like a bundle, that would be really cool. Yeah. I would totally I, play that on the Switch. I'd also take a, and I know Jess would be all about this too. Like as far as fighting games go, I want a remaster of Soul Calibur too. Well, yeah. Um, where did we? Oh, we were up in Portland, and they had a machine that had uh, uh, Soul Calibur two on it. So Jess was all about it. Was it the GameCube one though? No, it was the arcade machine, so it didn't have any of the extra characters. I was like, playing as, like, Link was, like, one of the best characters in that game. Well, yeah, because you could just spam bombs and... (laughs) Hiya! (laughs) But... That's all I got on that. (laughs) Alright. Well, I mean, that is going to pretty much be the end of our podcast. So, uh, Matt, where, where can our listeners find you? All 20 of you can find me on Twitter at Matendo21, or you can find uh, the game that we've been working on on Facebook or Twitter at Boss Battle Game. Yeah, and I'll have those in the uh, description for the video, too. The doobly-doo. The doobly-doo. And, uh, yeah, and I mean, for the podcast, we're on Spotify... Uh, the iTunes podcast, Google Play, all that fun stuff, and 
usually try to get the videos and everything up on Sunday slash Monday morning. So, and before we go to uh, some exciting news too, uh, a while back I uh, did my meditations game is coming tomorrow. Nice. Yeah. So I made a game, Rami, uh, one of the co-founders of Flambear made a thing called meditations where he got a bunch of indie developers and everyone had to pick a date and make like a little short two minute game or whatever to go with whatever the date is. Like if it's just something that pertains to you, it's like a special day, like in your life or whatever. And I picked August 26th cause that's my and Megan's anniversary, which is going to be eight years tomorrow. So, uh, I made that very beginning of the year. So it's pretty crazy that, like, it's been almost, like, a year, like, since I made that, and it's finally going to come out. So, yeah, and I'll post links for that on Facebook and stuff tomorrow once it's out. So if you want to play, you can play it. But do you, do you have anything else to add for the end of the podcast Is our special, very special guest? Oh, I'm very special, but... Um, I don't really have anything else, I don't think. Um, you could check out my Twitter and Facebook about Boss Battle. That'd be cool. If you don't, I mean, whatever. But, yeah, that's all I got. I don't have much else. All right, and that's all I got. So it's been Justin Time Carter and Maddie Martin, and that's the episode. Thanks for that's having it. me. Yep. <laughs> I'll have you, I'll have you again. I'll stop this. Alright, you do that. I'm doing it. You do it.